Hello, I'm Dave Watts, and this is the Redundancy Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to share the challenges of finding and keeping a job as an older worker. This is my 60th podcast. Today, I'm joined once again by Catherine Brown from London in the UK, who I last spoke to in Podcast 39 in April 2020, when we talked about her website, The 5050 Project. The 5050 Project has a single fascinating theme, how to increase the odds of finding fulfilling work at 50-ish, one coffee at a time. And this has been one of my most popular podcasts of the last 12 months. And the idea of the project is that the biggest changes in your life only happen as a result of people that you meet and conversations you have. We're going to talk about what Catherine learned from all the conversations and what happened next. Catherine, thanks for joining me again today. It's great to have you back. Hi, Dave. I'm excited to be back. Thank you. How many conversations have you now had? 37. So I'm hoping to hit 50 by the end of the summer. Well, that's fantastic. And I've listened to most of them and they are fascinating people. And there's some really, really interesting subjects that they brought up. Oh, thank you. I've enjoyed them greatly. There's a lot of people in there talking with a great deal of wisdom. But for you, what were the main themes that emerged from the 5050 Project and the people that you spoke to? There were three big themes that came out. One was around confidence. And so many people talked about learning to quiet the voice in their head. In fact, I think when you were on, um, when I interviewed you, you were the one who said, don't let your mindset be a barrier. And another interview we talked about turning self-doubt into self-belief so I think it's really a lot about confidence issues and those are in your head um, understanding that your experience is your superpower and what we have to offer is years of experience and emotional intelligence and ability to quickly assess situations that gives us a real advantage over younger employees and finally the need to take action, to stop waiting for the perfect moment to make a change. Just put a marker in the sand, even if it's a small one. It says, this is what I'm doing, and it forces you to do it. Yes, I think I read a paper a couple of weeks ago about self-disablement and how so many people stop themselves doing things by saying in their head words to the effect of, well, I can't do that, I'm too old, or I'm a dinosaur. Yeah. And they, they're putting themselves out of the opportunity to take things further. It's true. You just have to be brave and just go for it. And it's fascinating that that's one of the themes that came out. Was there anything else that you learned that was expected or unexpected? I learned that the process is the point, not the outcome. When I started the 50-50 project, I was very much focused on the outcome that I wanted, and that was to reignite my career and land the perfect job. But that kind of thinking is what holds you back and makes you stuck because it puts so much weight on a future outcome and one that you can't always control. And it stops you from trying new things. But when you focus on the process, it's more about living in the here and now, and you tend to be more fully engaged and open to trying new things. The other benefit I found is that just by doing, you're building your confidence in real time. Rachel Schofield, who's a career coach I interviewed last month, noted that action drives confidence, not the other way around. And once you start on your way, the outcome often takes care of itself. Isn't that interesting? Now, you've subsequently started your own business, which is one of the reasons <laughs> yeah. why I wanted to talk to you, because you've moved from the 50-50 project and learning about these things to starting your own business. What motivated you and why now? COVID motivated me to start my own business. 
I asked Fleur Emery, what decision or experience proved the most helpful to her career? And she said, realizing that I was unemployable in mainstream work. And that's how I felt once the pandemic hit. I realized that with so many good people losing their jobs as a result of COVID, that when the world opened up again, those people would be at the front of the queue and my age and nonlinear work experience would put me at the back. I think it was just a fact and I was okay with that, but I still didn't know what I was going to do. It was a few months later, I was redesigning the 5050 project website and I was moving it from WordPress to Squarespace that I had an aha moment. Companies like Squarespace make it really easy to design a good looking site, but what they can't help you with is thinking through how you effectively communicate your value proposition or how you design a customer experience that gets the results you need. And I thought I could do that. And when I looked around, there were a lot of web designers, most were younger than me, and many didn't have any prior business experience. And I thought my age combined with my business experience, my customer marketing background, and my design skills could be a real advantage here. So I set up Ascender Creative to help small businesses, especially those started by people like us in midlife, to build their online presence. And I really believe despite web design seeming like a young person's game, my age and experience can set me apart in a good way. Now, I spoke to someone called Hunter Leonard two podcasts ago based in Sydney. And his argument was that I think exactly what you're saying. Employers do not value people over 50 as employees. However, they value them as freelance workers or contract workers or gig economy workers. And age becomes no issue then. It's your skills and maturity and all of the things that you've just spoken to. And it's sort of fascinating again that you're very much picking on the argument that Hunter was giving about the Australian economy and how 50-year-olds or 50-plus-year-olds over there were tackling the market. What were the obstacles you faced to setting up your own business then? Well, firstly, apart from the fact we're going through a pandemic, which is a fairly obvious one. But And I know from talking to you last time that you've run your own business in the past. What were the obstacles you faced this time and how did you overcome them? Well, I think one of the good things about web design is that the barriers to entry are quite low. Almost anyone with a computer and internet access can do it. But that's also the problem because it's a really crowded marketplace. So it's a question of how do you get your name out there and how do you attract paying customers? And for me, it's about patience and perseverance. I think you've got to realize this is going to take some time. Word of mouth is key. So continuing to build up my profile is really important. And that's where the 50-50 project has been helpful by allowing me to continually meet and talk to new people. I've also been trying to learn from others. There's lots of designers online that talk about how they built up their business. And there's even some podcasts, things one called self-made web designers, and they share their expertise. And I think whatever business you're in, finding a community that can help and support you is really important. Were there any key skills that you found you needed to develop or didn't have? Well, I started with a good foundation in terms of business and design but I was pretty new to the nitty gritty of building sites. So in terms of training, it's been a combination of online learning and learning by doing. Early on, I took a Squarespace design course and two coding courses. Through LinkedIn Learning, I taught myself how to make website prototypes. With Skillshare, I brushed up on Google Analytics. I'm about to take an SEO course 
And each week I try and set aside a little bit of time to focus on an area of development. So in other words, I am constantly learning. But that's actually what I love about it. I spoke to Paul Tasner, who set up his own business in recycling packaging in California, I think shortly after you last year. And he was quite explicit in one of the key skills that he didn't have because his background was engineering was being able to sell. He had said, I had no sales skills or whatsoever. I suspect that's probably not the case for you because you've already run your own business. But how, are you finding that difficult working remotely? I, again, I, I think it's about patience and it's about looking at different ways to put yourself out there. So doing podcasts, writing blogs, trying to be helpful, just being creative in terms of ways that you can market yourself. And as you began to develop your new business, was there anything unexpected that happened in terms of the help or guidance that you had? Well, I think there's realizing how much support and goodwill is out there. So there's this whole Squarespace community that you can just ask a question. And if you need help in coding or you want some feedback, you can just go online. And it's really amazing. And I mean, that's one of the things I learned with the 50-50 project, how much goodwill and support is out there if you're brave and ask. So my, my thing would say to people, just don't be afraid to ask for help or advice, even from a relative stranger. And it's all freely given and positive stuff. It's really good. It's amazing. It, it makes you feel really good. I think in times like COVID, where you're feeling really isolated, you're not. So it, yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the things I actually love about Squarespace is this amazing community. Well, that's extremely good hearted of people, isn't it, to share so freely in that case. Yeah. That is excellent. And based on all that we talked about so far, the conversations you've had, what you've learned, what you've done with your own business. If there's anybody out there that's listening and thinking, as you say, I've had a non-linear career, I'm older rather than younger, I'm thinking of setting up my own business, would you offer them any advice on setting up their own business? I think there's two bits when you start your own business. I think one of the biggest mistakes many small businesses make, and I definitely did this in my last business, is that you spend too much time working in the business and not enough time working on the business. And the working in is doing busy work, things that don't really drive the business forward and that should be delegated, things like filing or bookkeeping. So it's always thinking about how do I work on the business, developing marketing plans and thinking about ways to better position the business for growth. And the other thing I would say is that you need to hold yourself accountable which is really hard because there's nobody above you saying, you know, I need this now. But without accountability, it's hard to achieve the results that you want. Best way that I found to do it is actually just to make a business plan. And even if it's just one page, put some stakes in the ground in terms of things that you can measure and keep referring back to that plan, checking on your progress, adjusting your course. It's easier said than done, but it's really important. And that's what you mean by accountability. That business plan is effectively a set of business metrics that you follow that tracks your progress about whether I'm being successful or not, or I'm meeting my own plan. Yeah, because I think so often you think, okay, I've got to do a marketing plan, or, and you do it, and it's all great, and then you stick it in a drawer, and you don't look at it again. So, you know, you have to take it out and go, oh, okay, this is what I said I would achieve next quarter. And accountability is so important. And it's just really easy to get busy with other stuff 
that you forget about the bigger picture. So I remember a long, long time ago at a business course, there was, I think, what was called the Swiss form of business planning, where in fact they argued that you'd never have a plan because everything is always so dynamic. You've just got to keep changing and adapting and evolving. But you're saying to measure your own progress as a business owner, you've got to have a plan. Yeah, but the plan doesn't have to be static. So it can change. It's just that you go back and then you think, okay, I've got to adjust course because this change has happened. But it's something that's keeping, it's just about focus. Yeah. Oh, that, that's a good word, focus, isn't it? Yeah, keeping that focus. And, and finally then, what's next for you and your business? Where does it go? Well, I think I have to take my own advice and continue to work on the business, patiently marketing my services, building up a referral network and offering my help when I can. I think you really have to put yourself out there and be seen to be someone that's helpful and useful as well. For me, this has been a fascinating journey from talking to you last year and finding out about the 5050 project. And as I said, from reading all of your blogs about the people that you've talked to and what they've done and how they've done it and the struggles, because it's not always easy. And then I find that you're doing, you're taking your own advice. And that's why I wanted to talk to you again to find out what you learned and how you did it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for all your support over the last year. It's been amazing. As I said, the community is so important and it's out there. It is, isn't it? Thank you ever so much for your time once again. And I will be watching, well, first of all, the 50-50 project and your progress over the next coming years. Thank you very much for having me back. It's been a real pleasure. A pleasure talking to you again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. You can find Catherine's 50-50 project at the 5050project.com. That's 5050project.com. And her business website is ascendercreative.com. Thank you for listening the whole way through. If you like the podcast, click on the subscribe button and listen to the advice from all my guests. I'll be back in a few weeks' time and my contact details follow next. You can make contact with me via my website, theredundancypodcast.com, which has a synopsis of this and all the podcast main points by emailing me at theredundancypodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter with the hashtag at redundancy PCAP.